The opinions of Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman don't reflect the views of Gal Media. Parental discretion is advised. KFNC Mont Bellevue, Houston, a Gal Media station. My friends are degenerates, but I never change them. Liars, cheats, and hypocrites, not the time for saving. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on the Blitz. Our number two, 713-780-ESPN's your number. 713-780-3776. can also get us on Twitter at Fred Fowler, F-A-O-U-R. Today, it's at uh, the underscore Jermaine. It's at Juggalo underscore Trey 48, as uh, Jermaine Every. And Trey Campbell filling in today. Trey filling in for Aaron, of course. And uh, sharing his strip bar experiences with the, with the world. Uh, if you missed the first hour, a lot of, a lot of sports talk. We were, we were on the James Harden thing. And it kind of uh, what Jermaine thinks of him. And we also talked a little bit about him being a petulant child. And 936 says Jermaine obviously hasn't hung out with the new breed of parents coming out. Oh, my God. Trust me. I've, I see them. On my, my regular job, I see them all the time. I've literally had clients who will put notes on the door that say, don't ring the bell, the baby is sleeping, or it's the kid's nap time. Or you try to move up an appointment or whatever, and they say, well, my kids are sleeping right now. Can you come back later? Stuff like that. Trust me. Trust me. I, I, I saw a lady once. She does not work. She's a stay-at-home mom. She had, I want to say it was two helpers around the house one was just a nanny for the kids the other one was like the housekeeper trust me i've come across (laughs) this new breed of parent a lot and it it is extremely annoying extremely annoying uh lamont says james harden's antics are a microcosm of the nba i don't know if it's just the nba you know what he is right now he's a diva wide receiver i mean that's that's what he's being pretty much antonio brown and yeah, you know, I mean, it does happen in other sports, I don't, I, and obviously it happens in the NBA, but um, I, I don't know if it's just an NBA thing because, and I don't know what it is about wide receivers that so many of them are just completely crazy and devi- divish and, and hell, Juju doing his bit. I mean, I, but, but that's kind of what Harden's become, the diva wide receiver. And he's really good at his job, but is he worth it? Yeah. And and I told Lamont, I just replied, I had the tweet ready to reply to it, I hadn't hit send. It's a microcosm of this whole generation, not just the NBA today, but I mean, you, you have guys all over, like just people in general that act like that, that act like the world owes them something. And the world don't owe you nothing, so stop acting like it. The Rockets don't owe you to move you to the team that you want to go to because you're fed up with them no longer letting you run the franchise anymore. You're under contract for this year and two more years after that. You can either shut up and love it or go where they tell you to go. You have no control over this situation. And the more and more you act out and try to control the situation, you're going to make yourself look worse and worse to potential attractive suitors who are going to say, you know what? Maybe I was into it, but no, I'm not. A Miami, for example. I guarantee you, Miami probably thought about it and was like, do we really want this a-hole on our team? Yeah, I I mean I that one never made much sense to me just from a fit perspective. Uh the 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 Heat aren't going to give back what 
you would want to get from them. I, I just never thought that deal was realistic, and I think they figured that out and said, "Oh well, we're not really interested." But uh, you know, I, I I don't know. By the way, uh, Auburn expected to hire Boise State's Brian Harson as their next head coach. Interesting. Interesting. You see, here's the thing that it could make that seamless. That whole Boise offense, ever since Chris Peterson left, they kind of kept some of those same elements there. If he brings some of that to Auburn with those type of athletes, with Bo Nix as his trigger man, he got a shot at doing some good things, but it just depends on the recruits that they're able to keep and if he can implement that system and whatnot. I don't know, and I said this at the time, I don't know that you're, that firing Gus Malzahn is, is going to make you better. Uh, I don't know that Brian Harson's a better coach than Gus Malzahn. And I, maybe the expectations there are a little out of whack. And it, it it's very similar to A&M, frankly, in that you're always going to have to, you're always going to have to deal with Alabama in that mm-hmm. conference, especially in that division. LSU, most years you're having to deal with. And if you're Auburn, you know, once every three or four years, you can jump up and win the thing. But to expect to be Alabama, which is what they're they're doing, isn't realistic. No, it's not. And You know, certain teams have to know how to act. act, act play your role. Just play your role. Like, um, when you have a team like A&M, or better yet, better comparable, the Detroit Lions, when they fired Jim Caldwell, they were like, you know what, eight or nine games, every now and then ten games, making it to the playoffs once every few years, winning the division, this isn't good enough for the Detroit Lions. We're better than this. We're going to hire Matt Patricia. And look what happened. Mm -hmm. Detroit, know your worth. You're, you're you're, You're not that kind of team. Jim Caldwell had you right about where you you should be as an organization. This is why you're taking another step back. Teams like Auburn need to know, like you said, you're not going to compete with Alabama. You just need to put yourself in a position to where you can take advantage of them if they're having a down year. Gus Malzahn did that. For them to fire him, and I have a buddy of mine, he he went to Auburn. He's a huge Auburn fan. He wanted Gus Malzahn gone also, and I told him, well, who are you going to replace him with? Yeah, a lot of the rumors earlier were, were it was going to be Hugh Freeze, who's done a terrific job at Liberty and um you know I guess he's you know I, I guess it doesn't take long to get rid of the stain of something as long as you go and win but I I, I mean that one I at least would understand although I don't know that Hugh Freeze is a better coach than Gus Malzahn and you know I I do think that in, in Auburn's case you know if, if you I mean obviously everybody's trying to find the next Urban Meyer the next Nick Saban I don't know that that guy exists right now. And if he does, he hasn't had a head coaching job yet. And so I think in this case, you're just sort of shuffling things. Brian Harson, you know, we have a track record with Brian Harson. He's a good coach. Is he going to be a good enough coach in uh, the SEC? Because guess what? Little different quality of coaches you're going up against now. Because everybody's spending money to bring in the best guys. And that that's where taking that next next step up is a lot of guys fail at it, you know, and, and all the Tom Herman talk in Austin, it's a different animal when you're not coaching against, uh, you know, there's some good coaches in the AAC. They all move up, but you know, you get to the big 12, everybody's paying a lot of money for their coaches and they're getting the best guys they can. 
and you're, you're going up against Lincoln Riley every year and Mike Gundy and guys who are good football coaches. And I, I do think Auburn is a really good program. And But the comparison, if you want to be Alabama, well, nobody's Alabama except Clemson. And you can have a team good enough, and, and A&M can too. Uh, that I, I believe this. Once every several years, they can have a team good enough to beat Alabama and maybe make the playoff and do something. Auburn's the same way, and they, they made it under Malzahn. Uh, so you can do it, but you're never going to do it as often as Alabama does. It's just it's not going to happen as long as Nick Saban's alive. My thing was with Auburn, I thought they should have gave Gus Malzahn at least one more year because Bo Nix was a true sophomore this year. Give him at least one more year with Nix, see what he can do and turn into, and then maybe, okay, let's get a new coach in here. But to get rid of him now and say, okay, we're going to bring in. And to your point, not only do these schools have the money to hire the best coaches, but they also have the money in place to hire the best coaching staff, recruiters, so on and so forth, the supporting staff for that head coach. So when you're looking at an Oklahoma, uh, Alabama, Clemson, you know, the guys who rule the roost in their conferences, they're not only hiring the best head coach, they're hiring the best coaching staff. So the best thing guys like Auburn, A&M, and other schools like that can do is hire the next best thing to compete every so often. You're never going to get to that level. You just want to put yourself in position, like you said, to be able to achieve something every so often when that team falls off. What teams like Ole Miss did and Mississippi State by bringing in a pirate guy, what's his name? Uh, oh, gosh. Mike Leach. Mike Leach, yeah. Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin, they were like, you know what, we're going to hire guys with a gimmicky type of offense who if we get a few three and maybe some four-star recruits in here can work this system and maybe we can compete with some of the bigger dogs every so often in the SEC. If this is what Auburn is trying to do also, it may work and it may not. But why not just keep Mouse on? Well, and then Texas Monty said, I'm an Aggie, and my realistic goal would be to win one while Jimbo is here, then build on that, just give yourself a chance to get in the playoff. And you know what? They had a chance this year to get in the playoff. So that that's a step. But go look at Jimbo at Florida State. And he had good teams pretty much every year, but it took a special quarterback for him to get to the championship game. And, and, and so I think uh, Jimbo's a good coach, but he's not Nick Saban. He's not Dabo. He's not Urban Meyer. And, you know, and that's why when Texas thought they could get Urban Meyer, then they would be more than willing to kick Tom Herman to the curb because you know you can win big with Urban Meyer. And most of these other guys that, you know, what, what Malzahn did there, it, it, while not, I guess not good enough for them because this year wasn't that great, but realistically, it's pretty good. It's pretty good what, what he's accomplished there in his career. And I just think that teams like that have too big of an expectation on their football program. They get a little antsy. They don't win 10 games, you know, two, three years in a row. And then they're like, you know what? We only won eight games this year. We only won eight games last year. We only won nine games the year before that. What the hell's going on? We need to get rid of this coach and get somebody else in here. And this isn't acceptable. And yeah, okay, but you know what? You're Auburn. Okay, you're Auburn. At best, you're second place in the SEC West. Every so often, you may get first. Most of the time, you're probably going to be third, depending on what LSU does. So you're second or third in your division. You're hardly ever making the the conference championship game. This is who you are. You need to realize that and say, okay, you know what? As long as we can maintain this and every so often reach up and kind of grab that brass ring, we're in an okay position. It's cheaper to keep her. Keep Keep the one you already with. 
Don't try to go out and, oh, I want to get fancy. I want to try to get this person or that person. Stop well, I, I don't blame them for wanting to be better than that. But I also think you have to kind of take a step back and look and, and say, all right, if, if we do fire this guy, who are we really hiring a better coach? I don't know that Brian Harson is going to have more success at Auburn than, than Gus Malzahn did. In fact, if I were a betting man, I'd bet right now Brian Harson doesn't have as much success at Auburn as Gus Malzahn did. But we'll see. And, you know, I, I do think they can have – well, nobody's going to have a year like LSU had last year, but they can do that every three or four years. Be that be good enough to win that conference, but if you if you're trying to be Alabama, that's that's a tough tough thing to look at. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and uh, I want to when we come back. Brother Bear has a question about the NBA that I want to get into. It is the Blitz, ESPN ninety seven five nine two five. The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on the Blitz. Before we move on to this this NBA thing, I want to do uh, a couple things from the text line. Somebody says, if Auburn can only be the average two or three, why bother playing the game? I really don't buy the attitude that college football can only be successful at six schools. It's not easy for Bama to get displaced, but it's not as impossible as you two make it. It all comes across as y'all saying, know your place, peasant. Now that That's a fairly harsh reaction to something when uh, that's not at all what I'm saying. I'm just saying that you are, as long as Nick Saban's at Alabama, you're going to have a hard time beating him unless you go hire Urban Meyer. If you think Brian Harson is going to be the guy who can beat, uh, beat Nick Saban on a regular basis, I think you're crazy. And you know, I, I think the you know, Auburn is a good job and you know, if you're going to hire somebody, and I think you had a pretty good coach, but I, but I, to think that's not good enough, I know fans want better, but I, I don't know that you did better here. That that's that's my point, is that I think Gus Malzahn got you to a championship game. I don't think Brian Harson's going to be able to do that. I, I don't think he's going to be able to match up with these other coaches on a regular basis. And um, somebody, else, somebody else, I'm not saying Harson will be successful at Auburn. But this is how great athletes and coaches think. They want that big challenge and want to take on the best. He might just surprise you. Uh, yeah, he might. I wouldn't bet on it. Yeah, we're not saying that it's it's a bad idea or bad move that they got rid of Gus Malzahn. It's just that when Gus Malzahn has accomplished so much, why move on from him to think that you're going to get something that much better and you're not getting that top-tier coach? You're just plucking somebody from a, a group of five conference who's been doing okay, doing, been doing pretty good things there, and you're trying to plug and play him into the SEC. It doesn't always work like that. Well, and here's a guy whose program has every advantage in the conference he's in, and you're supposed to be better than everybody else. That's why you've, you've gone through so many coaches there that have been successful. This this is different. You're not going to have the same advantages that you had at Boise, and that's I think that's why you see guys like Tom Herman not dominate when they go to Texas. And, and and guys like Kevin Sumlin, who had a lot of success at UH and really had 
one great year and a bunch of good years at A&M and then totally flamed out in Arizona. Um, You also see guys who are successful when they make that jump. And Brian Kelly is a pretty good example. Had a lot of success, gets a Notre Dame job. He's been successful there. Almost, I think, as successful as you can be with with Notre Dame at this stage. Um, But you also, for every Brian Kelly, there's a Butch Jones who also did a great job. Goes to Tennessee, not so much. Let's uh, let's try Daryl. What's up? What's up, Daryl? Hey, uh, yeah, I've been an Auburn fan my entire life, and uh, Auburn. The uh, the word is is that the Auburn boosters have just sabotaged this thing from day one, and um, they the initial reports were they really wanted steel in there, and there was some backstabbing going on, and that's this typical Auburn nonsense. And instead of going out and paying the money, getting somebody good, we end up with this guy. And this is how Auburn has always operated. And this is uh, pretty standard. So looking forward to several seasons of mediocrity again. All right, thanks. Uh, As an LSU fan, I really do appreciate you guys yucking this up like this. (laughs) I cannot thank you enough. I uh, And that's – he brings up a great point that – boosters have a lot to do with who gets hired at these big colleges. And or Kevin Sumlin, we had him in for an hour one time, and he was talking about, you know, sometimes you don't even know who you're interviewing with, you know, who's doing the hiring when, when you go into these situations because there'll be some guy sitting in the corner who's writing the check. Exactly. And you don't, you don't know which guy it is. You just see a bunch of suits in a room is basically what you see. And you you know who the the AD is. You know who the school president is because you can look those kind of guys up online, board of directors, all, all that kind of crap. You can look regents. You can look all that yeah. crap up online. But what you don't know is those guys who are those nameless faces who are sitting in their room or have a seat at that table, those are the ones who are writing the checks. And let me tell you, the guys at Auburn, uh, there's some big money dudes there, and they do business every day with the guys from Alabama. And – you know, they don't like having those national championships rubbed in their face and, and they're going to go get money and they're going to go get coaches and they're going to want change. And I get that, you know, because that, that is a, you know, it's, that's a very personal thing to them. And, but that's, that's a lot of places. Same thing at Texas, same thing at A&M. And, you know, if you don't have success and start turning those boosters against you, and that's, that's what happened to Malzahn, uh, who, who was really good with them early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but, once you turn, and I think Tom Herman's kind of done the same thing at Texas. He's got boosters who are who are turned against him now. Uh, it makes it hard. And I think another element that would happen to Tom Herman is they were really ready to foot the bill for him to leave, for them to bring in Urban Meyer. When they couldn't get it done through the back channels, and Herman started putting out feelers at like South Carolina and whatnot, saying that he would be elsewhere, he wanted to go here, do this or do that. <laughs> Once all of the dust settled, and they both cheated on each other, and they realized, you know what? Might as well keep you. Might as well keep you, too. Well, okay, well, we're going to stay together. And, and that's what ended up happening. But you you look at guys like that, like like we talked about this, I know, on another show before, like jobs like U of H is a stepping stone job. And sometimes you get guys who step up into another bigger and better situation, like um, rapey guy over at uh, Baylor Hard or Browse. When our brows left U of H, everybody was like, oh, he's going to Baylor. This is a terrible idea. It's a bad program. Look what he did at Baylor. He did a lot of great things at Baylor until he got all rapey. No, he wasn't rapey. He just didn't didn't do anything about it. Right. Uh, I, I mean, I, I listen, Art, Art, Art was a hell of a football coach, and 
he took Baylor to levels it's never had before. But uh, I also think that, uh, you know, and Kevin Sumlin did a great job there. Tom Herman did a great job there. I'm totally cool with that. I'm, I'm totally cool with the hot young coach getting the job, winning big, and moving on. Just keep hiring the right ones. Now, I, I kind of hope with Dana there that the idea is he, he wants to be here. He needs to have a little more success, although Major left a pretty bare cupboard. And, and you know, I think it's – I think by next year, hopefully, we'll start seeing some results. But, you know, that that's fine. But Auburn, you're not that. Auburn, you're supposed to be the destination school. You're supposed to be a place where you, you want a guy to go. LSU, same thing. You know, your 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 coach isn't going to leave LSU for another college program. No, never. And, and, and you know, that's it's pretty rare unless you're in a situation like Dennis Franchione was at Alabama, where he he could see the writing on the wall. That's why he left. But I I do think, uh, and some guys can't handle the pressure at schools like that. And I think Tom Herman's run into that a little bit at uh, uh, Texas too. So anyway, I, I want to get to this cause I teased it and I don't, I don't want to not pay off on a tease much like most women. I know Uh brother bear asked, I don't know if you, you got to this, but we had been talking about the possibility that sports leagues contract and the NBA, Adam silver came out this week and said, uh, they're talking about expansion to get in some expansion dollars. Curious how, uh, how you think that would play out? You know, uh, I'm just honestly, I'm not a fan of it because to me, it seems more like a cash grab, an infusion of cash into the league more than anything. It's not necessary. They have three divisions in each conference, five teams in each division. Where would you put another team in here? Would you? I think they're talking about more than one. Well, I know, I know they want to, I know they want to get back to Seattle and Vegas and Vegas. So if you do one in each, are you going to go to two super divisions now in in each conference? Are you going to do away with divisions altogether? I mean, what what are Probably, we talking about yeah. here? I, there, there's you can always realign things. It's not that big a deal, but I I do think there's some other markets besides that that they would consider. Nashville being one of them, which uh, you know Nashville's a really good sports city. Now I don't know that there's room for another team there. I think it it's just the right size to have a, a successful team that plays a lot, like what they do with the Predators and an NFL team. Uh, but there's there's other places that you Vancouver? could. Vancouver, um, I don't know that Vancouver would work. They they've tried that before. Yeah, it didn't really end well there. Um, I know, I think it was maybe Joel and Nick were talking about it earlier on the press box of the Tampa St. Pete area, or maybe it was the Blitz. I know it was one of the shows I was listening to earlier. The Tampa St. Pete area is one of the larger TV markets in the country that does not have an NBA team. Now, if if they were going to do something. If it was going to be out west, you can't put two teams out west. It, it just it kind of doesn't make sense. But Vegas and Seattle, very good choices because you know Vegas is a hot market. Seattle was a very very good NBA market until the guys that bought the team wanted to move to OKC. If you put those two teams out west, you got to move some of the teams that are in the Western Conference over to the Eastern Conference to balance things out. Would you put one team out west and maybe find another team east coast like Tampa or Nashville or something like that, or would you put both teams out west and then reshuffle? No, you put those else? two out west and then you uh, add Nashville and I'll, I'll give you a long shot here, Louisville, uh, which which would not be. I mean, they, they've they've they explored the Rockets at one point, so I mean that that's a city that if they they were to build an arena, you could get one. Total Dallas says no more teams in Florida. Yeah, I I agree. I, I think 
while that's a, a nice TV market, it's also right next to Orlando. Um, and sports in Florida just is, it just doesn't, it really rarely resonates. Because you have so many transplants, you hardly have people who are native Floridians that are there. And even the native Floridians probably don't go out and support the teams because a lot of them are pretty crappy right now, to be honest with you, except the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But but on the surface, I think the, I, Heat. the idea of expanding makes no sense. Uh, let's dilute the product even more just to grab some money, uh, go into some other markets when you've got some markets that are struggling now that are going to – that's going to get worse, by the way. I, I still think that there's uh, – the, the way the Rona is, uh, we haven't seen the full effect yet on sports leagues because they were able to force feed this year. But if you go through most of next year without fans, I think you're going to see – you're going to see teams losing significant money, amount of money that can't afford to. So um, I, I'm against it. I think contraction's a better way to go. I think fewer teams, better product. All right. Quick break. It is the Blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. Jermaine Avery filling in for uh, A.J. today. Or Jermaine Avery, if you prefer. (laughs) Uh, 713-780-ESPN is your number. 713-780-3776. And uh, we were talking a little bit about expansion and things like that i i like what the nhl is doing this year they're doing they redid the divisions basically because the travel restrictions in canada aren't going to go away anytime soon uh my sources up there tell me that it's going to be at least june before oh wow yeah right now it's they're doing it like on a 30-day basis but uh, it looks like it's going to be at least june before they think about restricting that so they put all the Canadian teams in one division, and all the divisions are just going to play each other. And then the top four teams in each one uh, will make the playoffs. And then they'll, I, and I, I like this idea because you'll be able to get in a full season. And, you know, you're not – because I don't know how you would have done it not being able to travel into Canada because it, they'd have to give you waivers and things like that, and it just it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So I, I like I like what they're doing. And I and I, I one of the positives that they have there have been some cool things out of this in that uh, like college football teams putting games together in a week. Yeah. You know, like like BYU and Coastal pulling that together when Liberty couldn't play. I mean those kind of things have been cool. But yeah, the the four the way they're doing the divisions, so all the Canadian teams in one. Uh, and then the East has Boston and Buffalo and New Jersey, New York teams, Philly, Pittsburgh, Washington. I mean, that's that's a fun division. And the Central has Carolina, the Blackhawks, Columbus, Detroit, Florida, Dallas, Nashville, Tampa. And the West will have all the, you know, San Jose's. St. Louis is out West, which is the only thing that's weird. Everybody else is 
St. Louis and Minnesota. Everybody else is technically, you know, Anaheim's and all that. And they're just going to play each other, uh, just each division. They'll, they'll play each other nine or ten times, and, um, you know, it, it, that'll be kind of cool. And I think, uh, you know, it's different. And, you know, and underrated mess asking, so does MLB actually have free agency? It, uh, it, it, I think that's going to be an issue moving forward for a lot of teams. And I think we've seen it with, you know, I don't think the Astros are going to spend any money here. And I think you do have some teams that will spend. I think uh, Toronto's looking to spend some money. And it appears that new, the Mets are going to spend a bunch of money. And that's where your George Springers and those kind of guys are going to wind up. But if your team, do you really want to, uh, you really want to sign anybody right now? I mean, if there's no competition for them? Not really. I think you want to wait till the market itself heats up. And I think right now what's going on in MLB is that um, normally, you know, those winter meetings, which are so critical and important to free agency and whatnot, getting the hot stove league, quote unquote, going with those winter meetings, having kind of cooled off and, you know, social distancing with COVID and everything else. I think that it hasn't gotten quite the hype that we're normally used to. And right now, probably agents are scrambling around trying to talk to GMs, put out feelers, but there's not really a whole lot that's going on. Now, one thing that I thought was kind of surprising was a number of NBA teams yesterday gave out extensions to certain players. I want to say there was like a five, six, seven guys that got extensions with their current teams right now in the NBA. Uh, so they were spending money like it was crazy yesterday. But I have not heard barely a peep of anything from MLB free agency, just like a, a George Springer rumor here or there for the Toronto Blue Jays or the New York Mets, a uh, couple little things like that, but nothing major has hit yet. Yeah, and I, I think, and this kind of gets to the bigger picture we're talking about, the economic impact that, like, and uh, in, in why the NHL is going to do things that way so that they can get their games in and why the NBA is... is forcing itself back for TV purposes is, is a lot of these teams and expanding talking about expanding to get more money shows you that this, these guys aren't as well off as you think. Uh, it, do they make money? Absolutely. But like a lot of businesses, they were set up to make money, not in a pandemic. <laughs> and you Excuse know, me, it, it, the, the thing is it, so many of these businesses are, that these guys made their money off of are reliant upon certain industries that have been greatly impacted by the Rona. Now there are some of them who like the online retail stuff, I believe that now those guys, they're probably doing great, you know, shipping, uh, training, things like that. They're probably doing okay for themselves and their outside businesses. But these guys who've been greatly impacted, like a Tillman Fertitta, for example, he was barely able to afford the Rockets in the first place. And now his industries have taken a hit money trouble all right let's uh get our man jerome solomon who is uh joining us now follow him on twitter at jerome solomon star of uh tv newspapers and also sunday morning right here on 97.5 and 92.5 i got a chance to listen a little bit on the uh on my way back from uh from camping this week and uh it sounds like jerome was making a lot of excuses for james harden <laughs> these are not excuses fred these are just explanations of situations <laughs> <laughs> we we've all been in uh situations that uh we haven't performed properly and 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 i'll i mean i'm i 
it, it's not an excuse for him because I, I think he's behaved horribly on and on a certain level in how he's dealt with this. But I also understand why he's dealing with it as he is. And, and I, I really do think that if we look at the Rockets for the last 10 years and decide that James Harden was a problem, we're given a huge pass to one of my favorite people on the planet in Daryl Morey and Les Alexander and Tilma Fertitta and Tad Brown and on and on. Like all of those guys, let this guy be the problem. Uh, no, that's, that's not fair. To, that's not fair to that guy. So what do you think is going to happen here? I mean, we're hearing, hearing a lot of rumors and a uh, uh, lot of teams coming up. Do you think he gets moved soon or do you think they're going to start the season with him? What do you think is going to happen? Oh, they're certainly going to start the season with him. I mean, that's that's tomorrow. But right. uh, how far it goes, I don't know. I, I, I just I'm not sure that it, it, in just hearing what your man just said about Tilma Fertitta's situation that he can afford to not have James Harden on the team. You know, I mean, like it's what who's going to go out to Toyota Center when they do open up to watch a team that's not not even considered to be a challenger. Like one thing about Houston, we'll get in line for a team that's considered to be a challenger. And then we just get our hushes, our, our hopes crushed when, when it falls apart, but we'll get in line every time. Does the pandemic make it a little bit different in that? When will it be full sellout crowd at Toyota center? Will that even be this season? Probably not. So does that make a difference? But in general, if, if this were a regular season, a regular ordinary situation where they could have 18,000 people at Toyota Center tomorrow night, there's no way in hell Fertitta would let them trade James Harden for some regular people. Well, because it's not normal and because there's no way we're going to have 18,000 in, in Toyota Center again before the season's over, I'd be lucky to have six. Wouldn't this be the time right. to do it? Yeah, this, this might make the most sense for that to happen, but as I've told you before, Tim Fertitta has an ego issue. I call it an issue like he needs therapy, <laughs> but he has an ego that is he the kind of guy that wants to be on TV all the time doing interviews as much as he does and have to answer a question of why his team sucks? It, I mean, he he takes that, that – like Cal McNair can deal with a team that's going two and something or three and something or four and something because he doesn't care. He, 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 or, or he cares, but he's not out there. Hey, you're, still buying, you're still buying jerseys. That's all yeah, I, I care about. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> and, and I and, – that don't get me started on the thing of I think people are overdoing it on the McNairs don't care about winning, but Cal McNair doesn't care enough about he doesn't care about you ridiculing him. Tillman Fritita cares about that. <laughs> he cares a lot. So and 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 the one way to not get ridiculed as much is to figure out a way to make James Harden keep this team in the top four or five in the West and. You know, keep hope alive, as, as it were. But and that's all that, that to me. I think in a way that matters a lot. Yeah, you know, I, I, I want to ask you a little bit about Cal. I'm I'm, hope, I'm hopeful that you'll have some insight here because I've only met Cal once. I, I I knew his dad pretty well from from horse racing before he ever owned the Texans, and it used to drive me nuts when people said that he didn't care about winning. 
because, mm-hmm. because I, I I was with him and saw how angry he got. God, when, he cared when one of his <laughs> when one of his horses lost in yeah. a, in a damn allowance race at Churchill Downs in the middle of the week, and he was trying really hard not to not to lose his temper. But yeah. I mean, the horse was a favorite, and he was he was pissed at the jockey, and it was like, and I I mean, I saw that many times. Cal, I know nothing about, and yeah. I, I don't I don't know that he has that same fire. And it, it killed it killed Bob that they never won at the level he wanted to. Big time. And, pe- and people that, that go on off of that, I get it. Fans get, they're mad, so they have to be angry at somebody. And Bob McNair was an, an easy target. And no, he wasn't a great owner in terms of winning a Super Bowl, but he was an outstanding owner for the business. And, 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 and Cal, I, I just don't know. I, I don't know, but I will, I will take an educated guess that wherever Cal was, that when your father dies, and this was the most important thing to your father, as you just said, it, it's more important to you now than it was. And so I, I don't know where it is because I've never, I've never sat with him one-on-one and had a conversation at all. So I, I don't know. Unlike every other owner in, in the city since I've been covering sports, all of them, from Drake McLean on down, I've never done that with Cal. But I'm assuming wherever he was, it, at some level, it has to mean something more to you with a father. It, unless you had a father that you didn't like. And right. we, we know he loved his father. We know he, his father did so much for him and was so meaningful to him. So I'm assuming that he he's a he's grasped onto my father's legacy will be about what the Texans can do winning it all and it's important. I I know it's important to him, but I think it's even more important to him than it's ever been. Well, I don't I don't know why it is that Houston's premier sports columnist can't sit down with the owner of the the damn team. I mean, you 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 have with everybody else over the years because I, 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 I would love I, I know I would love I, for I you to do that because I I can, I can literally hear within thirty seconds text the other owners and get a reply and hey we 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 don't we don't have that relationship and and I'm not even slamming him for that I mean you no know, I, we, I, I we just don't you know there's a lot of owners that aren't uh, aren't very accessible and that's that's one reason why uh, and I think it's. I mean, because has has he ever been on? Has he ever been on your show? No, he's got an open <laughs> right. invitation. Right, you come and, on anytime. And and other guys have been on, so it it you know they they can do whatever they want to do. He just has chosen not to do that, and that doesn't make doesn't make him a bad person. At no, all. no, it just it, it's hard for but, it's hard for me to judge a guy that I know nothing about, and, right. and that's that's the hard part. Is that like I said, I I met him one time, and it was a a very tense meeting over something that. Uh, uh, our old bosses did. I don't know if you remember the cartoon they did of uh, uh, Bob McNair and Charlie Casserly that they put in our <laughs> sports section. And uh, we had a, we had a meeting. We had a meeting you, you about. Seem that. Have several of you seem to have several of those. Yeah. Well, and they weren't happy, and I don't blame them. And I, right. I said at the time I disagreed with putting that in the sports section. I disagreed with the whole damn concept because it was stupid. Yeah. But you know, I, I had to do what the the bosses wanted, and then I had to go clean up that mess. And Cal was in that meeting, and he didn't—he didn't really say anything. So I didn't—I yeah. you know, I got no sense of him. And I, I just—I wish that, uh, yeah, I just wish we knew more about the guy. And, 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 see, and that's like, because like I can always ask you, and you, and you know, hey, what, what's Jim Crane like? You know, and you'll tell me. Yeah, and 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 we all get you know shaded by 
our interaction with someone. So what I'll tell you about Jim Crane might not be the real Jim Crane. It's about the Jim, Jim Crane that he showed me to be, you know. But that's what and, we have to go on, right? And that, Exactly. And the same with, you know, Tillman Fertitta and Drake McLean and on and on and Bob McNair even. So, yeah, I've talked to Cal standing around in West Virginia at the Texans training camp for three minutes. And I don't dislike him at all. I I think he's very he's very likable. I I spent a few minutes with him at a you know function or two, but it's not like I've really sat down and felt comfortable enough to ask him questions and to get his feeling about things that I'm asking you a question, you're gonna answer it, and you know I'm not gonna write about it because then you feel comfortable enough to tell me what what you really feel, and and I don't have that with him. Like I say again, doesn't make him a bad person, uh, but we do know that he's not. A, he has not been a great owner, based on what we know about him. But you know what will make him a great owner? He hires a GM, and that GM hires a coach who's dominant over the next right. ten years. And we'll go, man, this Cal McNair was way better than we thought, and. <laughs> And we thought it for no reason. We we don't have we really don't have a, a fair reason to slam him other than he hasn't done what you and I would do if we were the owners. Right. You know, and that's is that fair? Yeah, probably not. Because if you and I had stepped in when his dad passed away and took over the Texans, we probably would have fired Bill O'Brien pretty quickly. But <laughs> yeah. But he didn't have. But he didn't have to. You know what? I mean, you, you, know what? what? It, you know when I would have fired him when he came in and said, "Hey, I want to trade DeAndre Hopkins." <laughs> Just like, oh, today is the day. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, <laughs> right. that's it. Congratulations, you're and, gone. And, and 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 to be fair, on the other side of the critics of him, there's no way in hell I would let you trade DeAndre Hopkins in whenever the heck it was, March, April. I don't even know. And then fire you in in October. Right. Yeah, no. you, you weren't getting to October if you if you even brought that into my office. Yeah, well, well, if I if I let you do that, I can't fire you just because you lost four games. No, no. So I mean that 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 that's not that. This sounds crazy. That wasn't fair to Bill O'Brien. Like you, you let him make that trade, you gave him the title of general manager, and then you fired him at the zero and four. And and not zero and four regular zero and four. You fired him at zero and four when the the stadium was empty because nobody was allowed in not Owen four because mm-hmm. people were coming to the stadium with crazy signs and burning down the place. And you know, you suck so, too. You suck too. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, you, so, so there's plenty of evidence that says he's not a good owner, but uh, I'm, I, but I just, I don't know him well enough to, to talk about him as, as an individual like that. Yeah. I, and I, I wish I did because, uh, you know, I, I, I think, it's hard to be fair to somebody when you just don't know enough about them. Uh, real, real quickly, because uh, we're we're late here, we need to we need to go to break. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, Twitcher wanted to ask you about Ronnie's sign and Watson asking him to take it down. I don't know what that's about. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that one either. Sorry. What what sign was it? I I, 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 I think it might have had something to do with the Easterby sign, and Watson Watson told him to get to get rid of it. So mm. I, I don't know. Yeah, that that one that one I don't know about at all. Not not privy to that one. All right. Well, Jerome, great stuff. Uh have a great Christmas with the girls and uh 
Yeah, neat. Hey, Merry Christmas to everybody out there, obviously. And we we do what we do here for fun. We have a great time. But I know you guys will say it here for the next week and a half leading up to the new year. It's been a crazy 2020. But without the people listening and complaining, applauding, loving, hating what we do, we wouldn't be doing what we do. So I, I'm, I'm appreciative of all of that with, without a doubt. And and yeah, I hate the haters, but but I but I still appreciate them. <laughs> if All right, that makes sense. Yeah, oh, All yeah. right, I appreciate them listening. Thanks, man. We'll exactly. talk to you next week. All right. What was that? Did Did you say something, Trey? Okay. I was just saying thanks to Jerome for coming on. Uh yeah, Jerome's a great dude, man. And uh, we're gonna take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We will have a uh, uh, we'll have a gym of the day when we come back. It's the Blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5. is the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. This is the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on the Blitz. And it's time for the Zadok Jewelers Gem of the Day. That's where you... There you go. The Gem of the Day. It's the Gem of the Day. The Zadok Jeweler Gem of the Day. So we had a lot of contenders, so I, I was going to let Jermaine and the Twitchers pick. What did what did you guys decide on? Uh, you you like the body in a suitcase, yes, and, and you, everybody else you know exactly yeah. what they want, and, and so I we're going to have to go with what the people want. We'll get to the body in the suitcase okay, later, definitely, in the show. definitely. But uh, let's go with what the the, the Twitchers want. It, uh, yeah, the Twitchers want boobs. It's that simple, pretty much. Um, okay, now my link is my link to that is just gone weird it's linked to something else oh boy what you got over there uh i don't know did see if you can call that story up that's weird i got it okay i got it all right well you do the gym of the day okay woman with biggest breasts in europe unveils new super boo super size boobs for christmas martina big from germany wants her breasts big like the titanic she says and also teased the daily star about another extreme transformation she's undergoing so for those of you who don't know, she has she has size 32T assets, and she wants them even bigger. And if you guys could imagine, she, she is like a total freak show. She's like overly tanned to the point where it looks almost ridiculous. And she, you, you ever like played, like tried to play a fat guy or something like that and put like the, 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 the pillows and stuff underneath your shirt or anything like that? Mm, I, I have a gut. I don't need to do that, but yeah. Okay. So imagine if you put a bean bag underneath your shirt, but put it up to your chest. This is what this woman looks like right now. I, it's, it's too much. It's way, way too much. much. And I don't know if you remember that Morgana, the kissing bandit that had the big. Oh, yeah, I do remember her used from to the run late on the 80s, field. early 90s. Yeah, and she'd yeah, run on the yeah, field yeah. and kiss people. Uh, these are like bigger than that. 
And sometimes there's too much of a good thing. And if you go back and look at the photo of her before she had uh, had all this done, not bad. She's really skinny. Yeah, I mean she's she's not and bad looking. She looks better pale than she does with all that tan. Oh, that tan is so bad. Uh, it is so so bad. <laughs> she's a reverse Sammy Sosa. Like Sammy Sosa went with the whole skin bleaching, and now he looks like a white, funny looking white dude. Yep, yep. This chick Martina, she was white blonde. You know. Bears, not not really pale, but I mean, she wasn't like all. Now she just looks like she wanted to be a black lady. Right. Well, we have some other good gems that we'll get to because now everybody wants the other ones, the bees on weed and things like that. We'll get to those, I promise you, in the next hour. But that was your Zadok Jewelers gem of the day. The gem of the day. It's the gem of the day. The Zadok Jeweler gem of the day. Um, real quickly before we get to my man, lawyer Dave, DC in Houston's his thoughts on the total for BYU versus Coastal. Uh, I mean, I think it's BYU and and uh, Central Florida, eighty at some books. I believe the highest total of the year. Um, yeah, I'm I'm going to lean under here. I, I think Central Florida's defense is better than uh, they get credit for, and I do think Central Florida is going to score some points. But I have Central Florida money line, and I have Central Florida plus seven. Uh, when when it first started. When we started the show, it was literally 79. It's gone up to 79 and a half now. Mm. So. So. And you want to fire on it, you better fire on it now. Yeah, now's, now's the time because I'm not going to play. I'm not going to play the under. I, that's the direction I would lean. And I know nobody likes to play unders. I don't like playing unders because you're rooting on failure. But um, but if if I had to take a side on that, I'd take the under. And, and although usually when you have a total that's that high, which highest of the season is, is BC mentioned. Most of the time, it goes over, uh, but I, I I do think Central Florida is going to do a, a pretty good job on defense here. And uh, but I do think uh, I, I do like Central Florida in this game. All right, tell you who else I like, Lawyer Dave, because anytime anytime there's an accident, the first thing I think is that dude needs to call my man, Lawyer Dave. What's up, Dave? That's exactly right, Fred. Hey, Blitzers, how you doing? Merry Christmas to all of you that celebrate it. And if you're getting any kind of a wreck. Make sure you and your passengers are okay. Get out if you're able to. Take pictures. Get to the hospital if you need to. Or if you need to get to the hospital, who should they call, Fred? They call my man, Dave. And guess what? They, I, listen, Dave, I'm in an accident. I can't afford a doctor. What do I do? You call lawyer Dave at 713-626-8900, and we'll get you to a doctor without any money out of your pocket up front. In fact, if you need a ride, we'll get you an Uber. Well, how much is that going to cost me up front? Not a penny up front. We ride this train together. We win together. Hit me up, fellas, 713-626-8900. And if you see some guy driving a big motorhome heading towards Beaumont, watch out for that guy. He's dangerous. <laughs> Only if you're in a Kia and you cut me off. So uh, let, let them know all the ways they can get in touch with you. Obviously, you guys can hit me up, and I'll get you the number. Uh, I, I get about four of those a week. But uh, give them all your information. Outstanding. My telephone number is answered 24-7-713-626-8900. Or email me at LawyerDave.com or tweet me at LawyerDaveLaw or by all means through my buddy Fred. All right. If they need a lawyer, what do they do? They had better dial Dave. Hello. 
to call into the HRP listener line, dial 713 780 ESPN. Dial the phone. Looking to outsource your company's HR and payroll? Get the top initiative and smart solutions with HRP.net. 